Lecture topic: The importance of the heart. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa kafa wa salat wa salam ala ibadhi aladin astafa. Amma baadu faaudu billahi min al-shaytan al-rajim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. لقد من الله على المؤمنين إذ بعث فيهم رسولا من أنفسهم يتلو عليهم آياته ويزكيهم ويعلمهم الكتاب والحكمة وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا يزال لسانك رطبا من ذكر الله أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم موسوس وقت علماء الكرام قدر المجلس إن هذه آية القرآن الشريف الله تعالى أنمريت a bounty and favor of his upon the believers and a bounty that is unmatched that cannot be ever fully realized of how great a bounty this is Allah alone is enumerating this favor because Allah Ta'ala's favors are of that level and of that manner that nobody can match the favors of Allah Ta'ala everything is His favor so therefore to be conscious of this Allah Ta'ala enumerates His favors so that we then realize that all this is Allah Ta'ala's very, very great na'mat and bounty and we therefore become grateful to Him. Become grateful to Allah Ta'ala and a person who is truly grateful that gratitude will translate into obedience. That gratitude will translate into obedience. It will become a force within Him that will drive him towards becoming obedient. So in this ayat Allah Ta'ala enumerates such a favor Allah Ta'ala says لَقَدْ مَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ إِذْ بَعَثَ فِيهِمْ رَسُولًا مِّنْ أَنفُسِهِمْ Allah Ta'ala has indeed favored the believers but Allah Ta'ala sent to them a messenger from among themselves meaning from insan. So the favor that Allah Ta'ala is enumerating here is that Allah Ta'ala has sent a Rasul has sent his messenger to guide us had it not been for the sacrifices of Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa had it not been for his coming and inviting insan towards Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala and then in that process what difficulties and hardships he undertook what kind of suffering he had to undergo how much he had to witness his own near and dear ones undergo that pain, that difficulty, the suffering, the sacrifices that all had to make, had it not been for that, where we would, would we have been? Have we ever sat to think about it, that where would I have been, had it not been for the sacrifices of Nabiya Kareem sallallahu The world at that time was in the depths of darkness, in every kind of jahiliyat, where insan was just insan in form, but other than that, his heart and his entire self had become lower than an animal that was already in that zamana if that had to remain in that way where we would have been so it's Allah Ta'ala's special grace and favor Allah Ta'ala sent down his most beloved of all his creation 
as a guide to insan, as a guide to the entire humanity and jinnat and to guide them towards Allah Taala. So to be conscious of this favor, when a person is conscious of this being such a great favor, then together with obedience to Allah Taala, this will inshallah motivate him towards being a true ummati of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam. If a person doesn't recognize someone, then he, as a result of his lack of recognition, he conducts himself accordingly. So an incident of one person, he met someone, well, let the incident, we're just getting to the cuts of it, so he met somebody, so when he met the person, he was very, very cold, he didn't have any nothing about trying to greet the person in a nice way, any warmth in his meeting with him. It turned out after a while that the reality opened out that this was actually father and son who had never met. Whatever the circumstances were, how and why that happened, but this was actually father and son who had never ever met but had known. The son knew that my father is somewhere, I don't know where, never met him. And the father also knew that my son is growing up somewhere, I've never met him. Before the child was born, there was whatever happened. And now after this lengthy separation and this accidental meeting, so initially there was complete a strange feeling between them, because they were meeting like strangers. But when this reality opened out, everything suddenly turned around. And both, despite having just met, whatever period of time, maybe it might have been an hour before, and sitting in the same place, now when that recognition came and the realization came, this is my father, this is my son, so now they met again, but in a very different manner. That warmth with which they met, and all these years that have passed, sort of now making up on lost time, what changed? The realization, this is my father, this is my son, the recognition. When we have recognized who Nabi Kareem is, the reality of recognizing him, and what he has done for us, what kind of sacrifices he undertook for his ummah, how much of pain and suffering he underwent. And then despite having recognized that and realized it, a person still abandons Nabi Kareem's way, and adopts the ways of his enemies, impossible, it won't happen. It won't happen if he has genuinely recognized Nabi Kareem sallallahu and realized what kind of sacrifices he underwent, understood that, absorbed it, not just like some fact of history, but absorbed the reality of it. And despite that, he will still abandon Nabi Kareem sallallahu way and adopt the way of the Yahud and Nasara, out of the question, it won't happen. That will only happen to the extent that this realization is missing. This recognition is missing, deficient. Only to that extent will Nabi Karim Salaam's Mubarak way of life be left out, his Mubarak Sunnah be abandoned or left out, and somebody else will be now taken as a model to emulate, somebody else will be now followed. Otherwise this can't happen. 
So this is the need that we need to recognize Muhammad Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is Allah sent him as a favor to insan. Allah is enumerating this favor. لَقَدْ مَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ So to one reason for a person falling into sin or in this particular case for abandoning the sunnah and taking something else is jahalat, ignorance. He has no idea that knowledge is lacking about the personality of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what Allah ta'ala blessed him with, what kind of excellence he possessed, and then together with that, ignorance about his Mubarak life, ignorance about what sacrifices and hardships he underwent for the sake of his ummah, ignorance about what it will bring him, what benefit it will bring him, him, the person himself, to follow in the Mubarak footsteps of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what barakat it will bring in dunya, what honor he'll bring in akhirat, and that he is entry into Jannat, he'll require the shafa'at and the intercession of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He'll require the water of kawsar from his Mubarak hands. If he hasn't even understood all this, recognized it, so obviously he's going to be very casual about all this. But if he has that ilm of it, then that itself will already drive him forward. But ilm itself is not sufficient. If that ilm is there, but the muhabbat is lacking. Then despite the knowledge, a person now, he knows who's his father, but that love somehow got lost. So now he sees his father coming from one direction, he's taking another direction. So together with the knowledge, and knowing about all these details about Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his Mubarak life, together with that, the muhabbat of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam must be deep down in the heart, that love comes out of studying his Mubarak life and then pondering over it, visualizing this, reflecting over it, trying to imagine that situation, trying to imagine those days and nights, and then learning about his excellences, what Allah Ta'ala had blessed him with, etc. Inshallah, gradually, and then the more we sacrifice for his Mubarak deen, sacrifice to bring his Mubarak way of life into our lives, that muhabbat will be inculcated. The more we recite durood sharif upon him, the more that muhabbat will be inculcated. So Allah Ta'ala says, لَقَدْ مَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ إِذْ بَعَثَ فِيهِمْ رَسُولًا مِنْ أَنفُسِهِمْ يَتْلُوْ عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتِهِ Now, what follows is, what are the functions of nubuwad that Allah Ta'ala placed upon Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and what he fulfilled. So, three things are mentioned the top of the list, first is mentioned, Yatlu alayhim ayati. That he recites the ayat of the Quran Sharif, the ayat that Allah Ta'ala has revealed, he recites it to the believers. Number one, Yatlu alayhim ayati. Number two, Yuzakkihim. He purifies them, he makes their tazkiyah, purifies their hearts, purifies their lives. Yuzakkihim. And then وَيُعَلِّمُهُمُ الْكِتَابَ وَالْحِكْمَةِ And he teaches them the kitab, the Qur'an Sharif, and hikmah, the wisdom referring to his Mubarak ahadith, his words, his explanations of what Allah Ta'ala has revealed. So these are the three things that Allah Ta'ala mentions as the functions of Nubuwat. The first thing that is mentioned is يَتْلُوا عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتِهِ Allah Ta'ala says that he recites the ayat of Allah Taala. 
One explanation of this is that by means of the recitation of the ayat, this is the means of da'wat. That the Arabs understood the language, so the ayat were recited upon them to invite them towards Allah Ta'ala. The ayat of Tawheed, the ayat of Risalat. So in this way they were being invited towards the oneness of Allah Ta'ala, towards obeying the Rasul of Allah Ta'ala and following in his footsteps. And then all the rest of the ayat of the Quran Sharif, this would be recited to them to invite them. At the same time, this word that is used, Yatlu alayhim ayati, Tilawat. The Tilawat of the Quran Sharif, this too was a specific act, an aspect, a task. And the Tilawat of the Quran Sharif, obviously the Arabs, this was a language, so they didn't have to go through the process of being taught how to recite Arabic. Those who knew how to read, they knew, but the rest of them, merely hearing it, that would be the means of learning it. So the tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif itself was a requirement. Now the question comes, Yatlu alihim ayati, tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif is mentioned first, and thereafter is wayuzakkihim, and he purifies them, he makes their tazkiyah. So the tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif already first, and then tazkiyah. So there's many many different ways in which this is explained, but one of the aspects that is explained by the Mashayas, that tilawat is a means of enlightening the heart. Tilawat is what puts the light on into the heart. And when the person, when the light comes on into his heart, now he'll be able to start seeing what's in his heart. And when the light comes onto his heart, he'll start becoming conscious of sometimes some very dangerous things in the heart. Which in the darkness of the heart, he wasn't aware of it. A person is in a dark room, it's in total darkness, so he's sitting now, he may be not very comfortable and easy sitting in total darkness, but he's not really afraid of anything because he's in darkness. So, meaning he's not aware of what's around him. So he's not afraid of anything specific. So he's sitting, he's waiting now, the light might come on after a while, but somehow some light, somebody brought in some light, now when he's looking in that light, might be a dim light, but he's already seeing there's a whole lot of insects in here, there's some snakes and scorpions here, there's a lot of dirt and filth here. Now he's not going to remain sitting where he is. Now he's going to make up some means of trying to get out of this situation or getting rid of these things from that place. Because now the light came, he realized how much of danger is here. When he was just in darkness, he thought he was fine. It's just dark only, but he thought he was fine. But now that the light came on, now he realized it's not fine. There's major problems here. There's severe danger all around. Likewise, when the heart, when the light and the noor of Quran Sharif will be lit up in the heart, genuinely lit up, one is the way we recite sometimes, without any heart in it, without any care, just some routine maybe, or sometimes there's no tilawat at all to start off with. Obviously, that's a different situation. That too is not devoid of benefit that the Qur'an Sharif is recited, but it must be recited with the azamat of Allah Ta'ala, the greatness of Allah Ta'ala at heart, with the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. That has a totally different impact. And then a person has the ability to 
reflect on the ayat of the Quran Sharif. He's reciting with tadambur. The Mashaikh says there's nothing that can compare to that in enlightening the hearts. That a person is reciting the ayat of the Quran Sharif together with reflection upon it. He's reflecting upon the meaning of the ayat. There's nothing that can compare to that in terms of enlightening the heart, filling the heart with nur. So now that the heart has become enlightened, now the person will become conscious of many things. So what is being taught is that tilawat should become a part and parcel of a person's life in order to bring this light on, in order to enlighten the heart. And this will help him see all the snakes and scorpions, all the major problems, the scorpion and snake of pride, of jealousy, of malice, and whatever else. Now when a person is in that room and now he sees all these things, he doesn't just take it very, very lightly, casually, okay, this is now beyond me to do anything now, so I'll just sit around and leave it. He never ever thinks it's beyond him. He does the best he can to get rid of all these things. Because he understands the danger. He recognizes how dangerous this is. So he doesn't take any just casual steps to get rid of it. He makes his utmost effort. He's ready to do what it takes. I can't live in this room with these things. How would I live my life like this? With these snakes and scorpions and insects and all this dirt and filth. I can't do it. So likewise, when the person realizes what's in his heart, then it will be a totally different picture. He will be ready to do what it takes to cleanse the heart out of all these maladies, all these scorpions and snakes. They were those very, very committed people who undertook whatever it required. One Sahabi comes in the gathering of Nabiya Karim sallam, and he says something, the way he expressed it sounds like he's just asking for some permission for something. In reality, he wanted to clean his heart out of something. So the manner in which he expressed it sounds like just he's asking for some permission. But he wasn't just asking for some permission. He actually was asking for the remedy of something in his heart. He comes to Nabi Karim sallam. Perhaps there was no other opportunity that he had. Maybe he had limited time or whatever the case was. He comes in the gathering of Nabi Karim sallam and he says that Give me the permission to commit zina. Now, outwardly, this is what it sounds like. That now he's asking for some permission. Okay, he knows it's haram. He knows it's a major sin. But maybe some kind of exclusion may be made for him. Impossible that he had any such thought in his mind. That he might be given some leeway and some exclusion for something that he knows is haram. Why would he even come and ask for permission in this manner, in that way? if he knew beforehand that this is haram, forbidden. But in any case, what he was asking for is ilaj of what was lurking in the heart, what was now becoming a major challenge for him, what was that severe pressure within him that was now forcing him to now come and seek this ilaj, this treatment. Nabiya Kareem Wasallam calls him closer, this was the treatment now that was being given to him. Calls him closer. The Sahaba were astonished. They were upset actually. How can this person ask such a question? Nabi Karim Sassam called him forward. A lot of shafkat, a lot of compassion. And then he asked him some questions. Would you be happy for somebody to do something like this with your mother? 
with your sister, with your aunt, with your daughter, every answer obviously was no. How can ever a person ever imagine and be able to tolerate such a thing? Nabi Karim then said to him, well, that is also whoever you contemplate such an act with, would be somebody's mother or somebody's daughter or somebody's sister. If you don't like it for yourself, how you can like it for somebody else? Then he made dua for him. And put his heart, hand on his heart and made dua for him. Ya Allah, you purify his heart and you make him chaste. This became the ilaj. Obviously, he had that good fortune that the hand of Nubuwat came and sat on his heart. And the dua from the tongue of Nubuwat came out for him. So the effect of that was instant. That his heart became totally cleansed. Now this is what he came for. What he came for was to cleanse his heart out of this haram urge. Now the urge itself is not haram. Acting on the urge is haram. But now he was concerned that this must now not become a problem for me somewhere. So he came to seek the treatment for it. But the point is that he was concerned. I can't leave this lurking in my heart as it is. I need some treatment for it. So he came and subjected himself to the treatment in the sense that perhaps that was the time and the opportunity that he had despite the fact that others were seated around but he needed to get that heart cleaned out. So he came and expressed what had to be expressed. He got his treatment, he got cure and he went away. That was his good fortune that he came and presented his case in the court of Nubuwad. And the hand of none other than Nabiya Kareem Slasam came onto his heart and the Mubarak tongue of Nabiya Kareem Slasam moved in dua for him. Subhanallah, what more can one want? But the lesson, the lesson is he didn't leave that just lying, okay, we'll see later. Uh, it'll just come right, we'll sort it out. If this commitment, when there's things to sort out for dunya, then a person doesn't say, well, this roof is falling now, we'll see later. Doesn't matter now, tomorrow, if it rains again, now it'll rain now, we'll see next year now, before holiday now. So, doesn't matter now what happens, whatever happens will happen. When it comes to saving ourselves from the harms of dunya, from the loss of dunya, then it must happen now, let alone something that is going to be really problematic, something that is just not looking right also now, because the paintwork got scratched a little. It doesn't affect anything in any way. It doesn't affect the function. It's not harming anything in any way. But that too is not looking nice. It's not looking right. So that has to get sorted out quickly. Feels I'm feeling uneasy about it. Because it's not looking nice. So it is not just looking nice also, and that too is not really not looking nice, it's just in our eyes it's not looking nice. Nobody else is noticing it. But our eyes are seeing it obviously. But that too we will take immediate steps to set, sort that out, correct it, can't leave it for another time. But when it comes to the issues of the heart, you'll see, <coughs> Sheikh Shibli Rahimahullah, he had come in the company of Sheikh Junaid Baghdadi Rahmatullah Sheikh Shibli Rahmatullah himself was no ordinary person. Very, very great personality. But now he came also to benefit from the company of Sheikh Junaid Baghdadi Rahmatullah Now he submitted himself, he completely surrendered himself that I have come for my benefit. So Junaid Baghdadi Rahmatullah in the course of time sensed that this person still there's something in the heart that's lurking there, some, some bit of it of pride. He was a very great personality, but Shaitan, 
Shaitan drops a person in one of two ways. Especially the pious. The pious meaning those who are keeping up with the amal, they're keeping up with the salah, they're keeping up with other aspects of deen. They're not getting involved in apparent major sins. A person is drinking, and he's drugging, and gambling, womanizing. They're not getting involved in these apparent major sins. How Shaitan will drop such a person? Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us all. Shaitan will get the person involved in the sins of Jah. There's two categories generally that the sins are categorized in. One is Hubbul Jah, the ego. And the other is Ba, the lust. Such a person, Shaitan, will generally trap him or try to trap him in Jah. He'll put pride in him. Get him to somehow get caught up in the trap of pride. And likewise, other similar sins. So now when that pride settles in the heart, the person sometimes will still be doing everything else. And because he's doing everything else, he'll be oblivious of this pride. And he'll get deeper and deeper into it until that Allah forbid becomes the tripping point and destroys him. Shaitan, what was short in his ibadat before he became Iblis, when he was the Mu'allimul Malaika in the heavens, he was above all the angels in his extent of ibadat. What short was he in ibadat? There was perhaps not a place on the heavens where he didn't make ibadat. And then what short was he of ilm as well? After all, he was Mu'allimul Malaika, teaching the Malaika. So he wasn't short of ilm, and he wasn't short of ibadat either. He had a very high name among the Malaika at that time. Though he wasn't an angel himself, he was a jinn, but he was elevated to that position already, and known as Azazil. But what dropped him then? At that time, there was no shaitan yet. There was no Iblis. He himself became Iblis. But his nafs trapped him into pride. His nafs dropped him into pride. And that pride became the downfall. And since he fell hard and so hard with pride that he is now accursed forever, whenever he sees that somebody now is out of his hands, he'll try to drop him off in the same way also. That's the effort he'll make. When he sees this person now, I'm trying to get him into gambling, he's not anywhere near, no one even think about it. Trying to get him into get some other major sins, this person not coming anywhere. Then his trap will be, he'll try to drop him with pride. Because he himself fell with pride. And this is what he'll put in the heart. And a person will be oblivious of it. So in any case, Junaid Bhagdadi Rahmatullahi detected this pride. He said to him, that look, this is a problem. Clearly, telling him, this is a problem, that this is what he detected. So now what has to be done? He says, well, what you have to do now is, you go from home to home begging. Please give me two roti, two bread. House to house you go begging. But day you ever consume that, it's not permissible for you to consume it. You must give it away to some poor person. But you go house to house begging. For a period of time. Now, can you imagine a person was already of a certain position and having accomplished so much himself 
having a kind of honor and respect among people, he's being subjected to something. And he's ready for it. He says, very well, no problem. And he goes through that. Subhanallah. This was the extent to which they made the sacrifice to cleanse their hearts. Because they, they realized the value of this. And the importance of it. This is no small thing. This is the essence of it all. This tazkiyah of the heart is the essence of it all. That if this has been achieved, then a person has passed. And if this is missing, then despite everything that is apparent, whatever it might be, a person's knowledge, a person's ibadat, a person's service to deen, a person's piety in so many different forms, but if this is missing, all that will get wasted somewhere. Allah Ta'ala save us and protect us. So they were ready to do what needed to be done to cleanse the heart, to purify the heart. So this is what Allah Ta'ala is saying in the ayat of the Qur'an Sharif. لَقَدْ مَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ إِذْ بَعَثَ فِيهِمْ رَسُولًا مِنْ أَنفُسِهِمْ يَتْلُوْ عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتِهِ وَيُزَكِّيهِمْ That He purifies them because this purification is essential. Without this, person will be wallowing in the same darkness and circles and then getting bitten by these snakes of pride and malice and jealousy and love of dunya, love of the ego and then all the haram, other haram start falling in because all these things are poisons. Just as if some poison gets consumed and a person mistakenly also sometimes he consumes some poison, now that starts affecting him. So what happens? Weakness starts developing. Sometimes some limb already gets paralyzed depending on the strength of that poison. Or sometimes it's just severe weakness and now he's getting sick and ill all because of some poison that he consumed. Now he didn't intend that I'm going to stop walking. That was not his intention. He just thought this is something very nice to eat. He ate it. That was not his intention. I'm going to stop walking. I'm going to stop going to work. I'm going to stop standing up, but now he consumed the poison, he can't walk, he can't talk, he can't do anything. So that poison now rendered him almost paralyzed, lifeless, almost. Likewise, spiritual poison. Sin is spiritual poison. Poison for the spiritual self. When a person has consumed poison, he didn't have any intention that I'm going to stop making my salah with jama'ah. He didn't ever have that intention. But that poison now, it creates that lataji. And now there will be some excuse or the other of why I can't make it for Jamal. And then it starts becoming qaza. And then his eyes will start floating around. And he starts be looking at evil and folk on his phone, which he didn't do for a long time. And then his tongue will be loose. And then the vulgarity and obscenity and whatever else. And then his heart is just occupied in all kinds of evil. Now, where it started off from, some poison has now weakened the whole system. Poison is poison. And now he's not taking any steps to try and remedy that. He's not making any toba, any istighfar. He's not turning to Allah Ta'ala in dua. He's not making any effort to now take some antidote to the poison. So now the poison is getting deeper. And the person 
did something happen by mistake, some snake bit him too, he immediately now is taking some steps to remedy it, so then it stops the problem in its path, and something now is done to now try and reverse the, whatever the effects are, but now he's doing nothing for that, and he's just getting deeper and deeper into the situation. So this is the aspect that now sometimes it starts off with some inner ailments of the heart. But then when nothing is done to remedy that, that starts affecting other things. Now the person's tongue is affected, he's talking some things which are now normally not his talk, but he's gone into all kinds of evil talk, but something has happened inside which has affected the outside. There are two kinds of a'mal. A'malul qalb, the a'mal of the heart, and a'malul jawari, the a'mal of the limbs. There's no comparison in how greater the a'mal of the qalb are, the a'mal of the heart are, in comparison to the a'mal of the limbs. Both are necessary, both are very important. But the, the difference between them, like the sky and the earth. The a'mal of the qalb, that is at the peak of it. That's right at the top. Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala Nabiya Kareem says that he has not surpassed the other Sahaba on the basis of his A'mal being more, meaning his apparent A'mal. وَلَكِنْ مَا وَقَرَ فِي قَلْبِهِ But the extent of Yaqeen in his heart, his Iman, the strength of his Iman, that Yaqeen, that is what has surpassed him beyond all the Sahaba. That all the Sahaba together cannot reach his rank. That's Amalul Qalb, the heart. So it's not that what is done apparently and outwardly, all the amal of the lungs, that is something insignificant, Nauzubillah, or that is not a problem if it's left out. Some of it is first, it has to be done. Some is wajib, some is, some is sunnah muakkada, it cannot be compromised. And then the mustahabbat and nawafil, all this has a tremendous impact and effect in taking a person closer to Allah Ta'ala. But with all that, it is still behind and much lower than what is the amal of qalb. And likewise on the opposite side too. As serious as certain major sins are, they are not as severe as the sins of the heart. The Hadith Sharif where Nabi Karim Wasallam is riding and Hazrat Mu'az bin Jabal is with him and Nabi Karim Wasallam says to him that the person who decides La ilaha illallah even if he committed zina, if he committed theft, then too he'll go to Jannat. And the Karim says, yes, he'll go to Jannat. Obviously, meaning that he must make Toba, he must make Toba, that itself doesn't negate Iman. As long as he hasn't regarded it as permissible, that he won't negate Iman, it's a very severe, very major sin. But he won't negate his iman. And as long as a person leaves dunya with iman, he'll go to Jannah. Either he made Tawbah, he'll go directly. Allah Ta'ala forgives him, he'll go directly. Oh Allah forbid, he'll have to go through the cleansing process of Jahannam. But he'll finish off in Jannah. But the tone here is of hope. Wa in zana wa in saraka. Yes, even if this has happened, he'll still get there, inshallah. And it comes to pride. Nabi Karim Salaam says, La yadkhulul jannah. مَنْ كَانَ فِي قَلْبِهِ مِثْقَالُ حَبَّةٍ مِنْ خَرْدَلٍ مِنْ كِبْرٍ 
that person won't enter Jannah who has pride to the extent of a mustard seed. Both mean the same thing. That he'll have to go for the cleansing process. He's got Iman, he'll then finally end up in Jannah. But the tone, this is a very severe tone. Why? Because the issues of the heart are far more severe. The good of it is far more greater and the wrongs are far more severe. Now that is unfortunately what is often just neglected. MashaAllah, whatever effort is made on the external aspects, very good. That too is very good. But a person is making all the effort on the external aspects only and not making the effort on the heart. The fear and the danger is that that will cause the external amar also to get destroyed because of pride, because of riya, doing things to show people and gain their praises and doing things for the name, same of name and fame because of other aspects lurking in the heart all this will get rendered without any benefit so what is the most crucial thing? the crucial thing is the heart and those who recognize this, who realize this who understood this reality they put themselves through any amount of effort to try and get this heart sorted out they went through all the mujahadas that were required to get the heart sorted out one Nawab came in the company of Hazrat Mahashwali Thanavi Rahmatullah and he came to become Bayat. So now he came to become Bayat, but he became a Nawab, like a mini king now of that time. So he came in a great style. Now the style of that time was if there's a big event, so now that event must be celebrated with some mitai. Must give everybody some sweetmeat, some mitai. So now he came with one khadim, with one person, with a big tray of mitai on his head now. He came with that. He came to become Bayat. I came in this style. So as soon as he came, now he is like a mini king of the time. So I told him, okay, sit down. We'll do it just now. And then he said, look, now how long are you going to keep this servant waiting? Send him off. We'll sort it out just now. So he got him first to send that person away. After a while, he told him, look, I've got some other work down in a short distance away. We'll get there and then we'll do the bayat there. So now to go there, so obviously now this bayat, so now his bayat won't get done without the mitai, but now the servant is gone. So now who's going to have to carry this? So nobody was told, nobody had the guts to ever offer to do something without taking permission, so nobody offered to do anything. So now he had to carry this on his own head, he never did it in his life. And now a very, very lowly thing, whereas nothing really a problem, but regarded as a lowly thing in that class of people is to be carrying something and walking around in the streets like beyond their dignity to do it now he is being made to do it Hazrat just said that and carried on walking now he has to carry his tray and walk behind he said I came for this so now in any case he had to put it on his head and he walked along came to that place after a while he said look there is one more thing to sort out further down we will go through and all this is now going through the very busy roads People all over the place and he is so self-conscious about this that I don't know who might be seeing me that I am walking around like the servant now. All the khadims I have and everybody at my beck and call today I am holding this tray on my head and walking around. And mashallah he brought such a kind of tray to that he could only carry it on his head maybe. So this carried on for several stops like this. And eventually after a whole long number of stops eventually finally the bayat was done. But he says, by the time that bayat was done, my Islam got made already. By the time that bayat was done, this heart got cleaned out. Now, that was the thing that was being treated. So, in any case, he was genuine 
Otherwise, you would have left his tray there too, or stayed away with his tray and done something else. I'm not anybody's servant. I'm not going to walk around behind somebody like this, carrying this tray and walking around my head. Who am I? Why should I be doing this? That was not his approach. That was not his manner of dealing with the matter. I came for my benefit. I need my heart to get sorted out. Now, by the time that last stop happened, mashallah, his whole one person came to one very pious person, one Buzruk, and he came to be in his company. That Buzruk detected that this person also has the sin of pride, this very severe malady of pride. They said to him, that, look, this is a problem. You have this problem. They said, yes, okay, I have this problem. So what's the ilaj? What's the remedy? They said, you can buy this akhrot, walnuts, and very cheap thing. At that time, buy a full big basket of it, box of it. And then you can see where all the children are playing. So you go sit down somewhere there, and then you call out and say, that, look, whoever comes and gives me a shot on my head, for him is three of these walnuts. So now children are children. They don't have that issue of now first analyzing, but after all he's an adult, he's an elder person, and now to hit him on his head. He is saying was hit him on his head, and just now to have the joy of giving him one shot on his head is one thing. On top of that, to get this in return, this is like something from heaven. So they were more than elated about it. One after the other, they come in and give him one, one shot on his head, and they're taking three of those walnuts and going. So in a very short time, other explains that that box of, or that basket of walnuts got empty, and by the time that basket got empty, his head got empty of that pride also. That what he was high-headed, now all that came right. But the point and the lesson in all this is, that this person didn't make any excuses out of this. He didn't try to wiggle his way out of it. Now, after all, I must humiliate myself in this manner. How must I do this? Why must I do this? He came for a purpose. He came for a purpose. He knew his purpose. He didn't come there just for the sake of some kind of just uh, entertainment or just putting a show of something. He came for a purpose. And when he came for a purpose, he was ready to do what it takes to achieve that objective. And this is how people progress to heights. So in any case, this is the aspect that is in this ayat of the Qur'an Sharif. And he purifies them. And he teaches them the Qur'an and the Hikmah. The Mufassirin explained that to the extent the Tazkiyah has been achieved, a person will benefit from the Qur'an and Sunnah and the Hadith Sharif. That ilm of Qur'an and Sunnah will be in reality achieved to the extent of that light of Tazkiyah. Otherwise, words will come, information will come, but that ilm, which is a noor, that won't come. That will come to the extent of this tazkiyah. Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala give us tawfiq, that number one, to bring tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif alive. And especially when the times of fitna, etc., this must be increased. Unfortunately, the opposite happens. Many a person who is very punctual on his tilawat also, you know, holiday time, so he took holiday from tilawat as well. Whereas these are more challenging times. The tasbihat must increase, the tilawat must increase, and then together with that, the effort of tazkiyah, bringing our hearts, cleansing our hearts, submitting ourselves to whoever our seniors are, and taking that ilaj and treatment, cleansing our hearts, then that one tasbih also, 
will take us to a different level. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Fa'akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا ربي صلي وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله
یا ارحم الراحمین یا ارحم الراحمین یا ارحم الراحمین یا اللہ یا مصمصف اللہ او مس گریشیس مس کائن مس نوین اللہ الہ العالمین یا اللہ فوگیو اس یا اللہ فوگیو آل او میجر مینسنز یا اللہ فوگیو آل فیملیز یا اللہ فوگیو آل فرنز اور ریلیٹیوز یا اللہ فوگیو دی انتائی امت اف نبی کریم صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم الہ العالمین شو یو مغفرت ان امت یا اللہ شو یو رحمت ان امت یا اللہ اللہ گرانت یو سپیشل پروٹیکشن تو دی امت یا اللہ الہ العالمین یا اللہ دی انیمیز اف اسلام ان مسلمز ار دوئنگ ایوریتنگ تو ٹرائی ان دیویئیت دی امت یا اللہ تو حام دی امت یا اللہ الہ العالمین وی ار دیسپریٹلی نید اف یو پروٹیکشن یا اللہ اللہ یو گائد اس یا اللہ یو پروٹیکٹ اس یا اللہ یو سیو اس یا اللہ یو سیو او پروجنیس تو قیامت یا اللہ الہ العالمین کیپ اس ان او پروجنیس تو قیامت سٹیٹ پاس ان ایمان ان اسلام یا اللہ اللہ کیپ دی انتائی امت سٹیٹ پاس ان ایمان یا اللہ اللہ سیو اس ان آل دی کائنز اف دیویشنز یا اللہ سیو اس ان دی ٹیپس اف نفس ان شیطان یا اللہ اللہ یو پیوریفائی او حات یا اللہ پیوریفائی او حات یا اللہ پیوریفائی او حات یا اللہ اللہ فل او حات و دیو محبت یا اللہ فل او حات و دی لب اف نبی کریم صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم فل او حات و دی لب اف دی قرآن کریم یا اللہ و دی لب اف تلاوت یا اللہ و دی لب اف ذکر دعا یا اللہ و دی لب اف صلاح یا اللہ و دی لب اف ذکر یا اللہ الہ العالمین یا اللہ گرانت اس دی ایکسٹیسی اف ذکر یا اللہ اللہ سیو اس ام آل دی ایولز ان نائسز یا اللہ سیو اس ام دی ملیڈیز اف دی ہاتھ یا اللہ کلنس او حاتھ آف ام پرائید یا اللہ ام ارگنس یا اللہ ام ملیس یا اللہ ام جلسی یا اللہ ام لب اف دی ایگو یا اللہ ام آل دی حرامز یا اللہ الہ العالمین کلنس او حاتھ آف ام آل دیس ایولز یا اللہ اللہ فل او حاتھ آف آل دی نوبل قولیٹیز یا اللہ ریموو آل دی ایول قولیٹیز ام موسیقا Allah, you grant ease and afiyat in every matter, Ya Allah. Allah, 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 remove all the difficulties and hardships with afiyat, Ya Allah. Allah, those are in any kind of financial difficulties, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant barakat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Grant abundant halal and tayyib risk, Ya Allah. Filled with barakat, Ya Allah. Allah, 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 all those who asked us to make dua for them, all who have raised their hands to this dua, Allah, Allah, fulfill each one's jai's needs, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Grant each one the best of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Allah, Allah, Allah. Grant each one sukoon and itminan, Ya Allah. Allah, Allah, fill the hearts with sukoon and itminan, Ya Allah. Allah, 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 unite the hearts of spouses, Ya Allah. Allah, unite the hearts of parents and children, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of brothers and sisters, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of family members, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the ummah of Nabiya Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah, Allah, fill our hearts with muhabbat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with ulfat, Ya Allah. Allah, Allah, Ya Allah, save us from all the fitna and fashad, Ya Allah. Especially in these dangerous times, Ya Allah. Allah, when nafs and shaitan are at the peak, Ya Allah. Allah, Allah, save us from the taps of nafs. and shaitan ya Allah save us of all the fitna and fasad ya Allah ilahu l'alamin all that we have asked for ya Allah out of your grace and mercy grant it to us ya Allah but we should have been asking and did not ask ya Allah grant us that as well ya Allah 
اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله